Thank you for joining me for another conversation, Quick Hits. Today, I would like to talk about what causes apathy in an organization and what leaders can do about it. Tim, do you want to jump in first? Uh, thank you, Robin. Uh, it's a great subject. And uh, just thinking about it before coming on, I, I found myself asking the question, why actually is apathy? It's not something I have a huge amount of in my life, but I, I witness it in my clients' experiences. And so, you know, I guess the question for me is, if I'm if I'm apathetic, then, you know, what am I experiencing? And for me, there's something in there. And I don't doubt Karina's got this in her head already about values alignment. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know what the other guys think, but I, that's where I'd be looking. If my values are misaligned, therefore, at some point on that journey, apathy will come. Mm. Yeah, I feel like you've kind of batted the ball in my direction. So I'll pick up there. Um, yeah, no, I would completely agree. I think apathy for me is sort of hand in hand with lack of motivation it could arguably be the same thing um in that i guess apathy you, know, you just kind of don't care at least enough it may be that you care a little bit about something the paycheck ticking the right boxes and doing the bare minimum or whatever um but if you've you've lost that i mean it's, it, i guess yeah values alignment is very important if you don't have a reason a strong reason behind what you're doing you're not going to want to do it and you will stop caring because the paycheck will only carry you so far. Mm. Um, but similarly, if you're not being stretched, I think that's a big deal. I think mm. if, if you've got more to give, especially if it's a lot more to give and you're only using a fraction of your potential, you will get apathetic because you could do this with your eyes shut. And so why not? Mm. <laughs> you know. Mm. I wonder whether there's a link here, Karina, to some of the work we're doing around disruption and unity. I mean, could I be as bold as to say if your life doesn't have disruption, and or unity, apathy may be the result. Yeah. My experience has been that, you know, I worked in corporate for quite a while as a low, low level person uh, early in my career. And I can tell you for me, apathy happened when I was being held responsible for things I didn't have the authority to actually make happen or when um, my management didn't trust me to do my job. Then I got to the point where I was like, well, if you're gonna be on this call anyway, I don't need to be here, I can go do something else. So that for me was a big part of apathy when I was in corporate. Mm, I think for me, it's kind of, the question is sort of linked to engagement. Well, sort of definitely linked to engagement. There you go. I'll be bold and make, <laughs> and make, and make that statement. Um, and like it, engagement can mean lots of different things. So if you think about, you know, values, for instance, so like the, the things that drive engagement, which will differ across organizations, teams, lines of business and so on. But I think apathy from my experience of 15 years working in central government, the times I felt apathetic were the times that I felt either a lack of engagement in what was happening or were still disengaged in what was happening. And I think the tendency that I spotted was managers and leaders either not really knowing what those drivers of engagement were or having an idea which wasn't actually what was driving it. And the other thing that I noticed was just not consulting the available uh, available data. So beyond the stuff that you might know from talking to your team, this person likes this, they dislike this, so I'm gonna do more of this thing. It's like, what does the data actually say? So like people survey data, um, people kind of rolling on and rolling off out of the organization. What are they saying when they join? What are they saying when they leave? There's this whole load of data out there in the organization that just sometimes doesn't get looked at outside of HR, which to me was just maddening. It's like, it's right there, the answers are there, read that stuff and that's a great place to start so it sounds uh -oh. like what we're saying as far as what causes apathy is 
lack of engagement, not being connected to the company, why, not having the power they need. Is that what we're saying about what causes apathy in an organization? I wonder whether something sprung in my head there about a phrase which is around a, a lack of acknowledgement of knowledge, if you like. So mm. perhaps you see something like the data or you see something like, well, I've got experience in this, but you watch something going off in a different direction or in a direction in which you know from whatever, whether it be the data experience, what's in front of you, advice you're being given by people you trust. You watch the initiative heading off in a direction which you don't believe to be or be to be counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, you're sort of, and there's a values misalignment for you there. You know, I believe this and I see this going another way. And then, of course, you know, the melancholy sets in and then you get the whole um, disillusionment and uh, and all that sort of stuff and then you eventually just sort of sit there in a sort of heap going like that um, and, and it's not a good space to be yeah, that lack of control sorry. sorry Robin I was just going to so you know obviously Tim what you mentioned there sort of that lack of control over the direction that things are going in and Robin similarly to what you said you know when you when people were giving you responsibility for things that you couldn't control well, you know, who's you, know, you can only stress about it for so long before something in your brain is going to go. Why are we worrying if you can't fix it? You can't fix it. So you'll just unplug. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think control has an element of. Uh, when, I, when I was working, first working a low level employee, I used to say they never ask the peon who knows. I'm actually doing the work. Why doesn't management ever ask me? And that's one of the big pieces of advice that I give clients now when working with executives is how you ask the person doing the job. So that, I think that blends us nicely into what can organizations do about apathy? I mean, first of all, they have to realize it's happening. So maybe we start there. How do organizations realize that they have employees that are apathetic? I wonder whether just unfolding in my mind is I wonder whether there's a journey to apathy. You know, is there cynicism, disillusionment, melancholy? You know, I don't know. Is there a ladder? Could, could I draw something that sort of I started with energy and then I went down and ended up at apathy? And what did I have? You know, what's the cycle I went through in between? And, you know, companies should be saying to themselves, well, once we identify that cycle, that route, whatever it might be, is we should be heading people off at the very beginning. Um, uh, but then, you know, the other question is, so once people start asking questions or showing signs of being disengaged and stuff like that, we should re-engage them. Um, and then at the same time, but if we've got someone down at the apathy route, they must have been on a journey. We've got to bring them back. So it's not going to be a case of one meeting is going to pull you out of apathy, is it? It's going to be a long journey. So as a company, what do we do to re-engage and reignite? So I think I wonder the, the answer to the question, like all these things, not as easy as it sounds, is it? It's a case of where in the journey are you? What is the journey? And how do we reverse the direction? Mm, yeah. I think there's like, there's maybe a risk that it's, that those signs are quite insidious, right? And it might, it might start happening through neglect and day to day, nobody really notices. And then, you know, a month, a year, whatever later, suddenly people are feeling very disengaged. I think Tim, to your point, there are some fundamentals about people management, which are easy to do and also easy not to do, especially when it's busy. And so that's a great place for managers to start. It's like, are you doing the basics well? And are you doing those things consistently? Because that clearly is linked to engagement. Like I said, with data, for instance, Amazon can spot just by somebody's behavior in a, in a sorting facility, whether they might be coming disengaged, whether they might be about to leave their job. So they've obviously got some data markers and some intelligence, things they look at. So there's got to be something there, whether it's a felt sense of mm, something feels a bit off in the team or whether it's like engagement data. There's lots of different sources of information, but I think starting with the basics, 
um, tuning into your intuition, spending time actually going around and noticing what's going on and what the energy and the mood's like, talking to people and actually caring about what they tell you in response. Mm. Yeah. Those things are probably a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that if you have it, and I, I know I've worked in organizations where this is the case, both as an employee, as a consultant, where the people who've worked there a long time are really apathetic and they just go through their jobs. And then, then somebody new comes in and they're super high energy and they're super excited. And the people who work there are like, yeah, you're new, it'll wear off. You won't, nothing will happen. So stop trying. Right. Like, so if you see that, if you have employees coming in who are real gung-ho to make change and, and they get basically browbeat into apathy, that's something to pay pretty close attention to. I, I agree. I think the, the, the change aspect is key. I mean, to um, you know, what you mentioned earlier, Tim, the, the disruption unity gap model that we put together at the top, the two key states you want to have a positive unity and positive disruption, positive disruption, meaning innovation, creativity, finding new and better ways to do things all the time. Every organization, it doesn't matter what industry, what sector you work in, it should be aspiring to that. And if things have stagnated and kind of been the same for too long, or you find yourself falling behind a little bit, then your people have stopped coming up with good ideas or you stopped listening when they came up with good ideas. So now they've stopped coming up with good ideas. So I think, you know, to your point earlier, Tim, about the journey, the, the ultimate end of that journey is positive disruption all the time you know, fresh, yeah. freshen things up, new ways to do it, try things. If it fails, who cares? We'll try something else. Now we know that doesn't work and so on and so forth. The growth mindset aspect, that's all at that end of the journey. That des That's the destination. Mm -hmm. So anything short of that, you've got something to look at. Well, I'm going to have to cut us off there because we're right at 10 minutes. So I appreciate your insight. It sounds like we're basically saying leaders need to pay attention and they need to start taking action. So I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. And we'll do another one really soon. Thanks, Robin. Awesome. Cheers, Robin. Thanks.